All right, welcome back to D-Pod. Uh, we're doing another episode of BTS behind the staff today. And in the studio, we have Beatrice and Jeanette. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome to the studio. So, yeah, we're going to uh, interview two people once again. And um, Bia and Jeanette, they're, they're college friends, you know, class of 2019 from UC Berkeley. And, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, Kata and I, we, we ministered to that class. And uh, today we're going to explore um, some of their background um, where they got their identity from, and uh, kind of their friendship over the years. So I'm excited to uh, talk with them. But maybe you guys can just start by telling me a little bit about yourselves. Okay, just basic facts, major, what do you do now for a living? Sure. Um, so let's see. I'm Beatrice. Hello. I'm Ranted Tofumi. He's the other co-host on this mm-hmm. on this show. What do I do? Um, I studied history and education at Berkeley, and now I'm a history teacher in downtown Chicago. Nice. nice. Uh, my name is Jeanette. I um, am married to Nicholas. Uh, my major in school was molecular and cellular bio. It's a very, very long major. So I was working at biotech companies and labs for three years when I first graduated from college. And then I just transferred and now I'm a senior technical writer at a software company. All right. So um, how are you guys feeling right now? teaching okay i was i was feeling a little sleepy today but yeah. i'm i'm happy to be here mm-hmm. happy yeah, to yeah. be with dpmbia yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah 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 so we're recording this right now right after their work hours um you know we're, we're gonna have like a, a, a staff work time later and cat is downstairs uh cooking the dinner um but we we're upstairs in the studio right now um recording this so let me start off with this question all right so you guys are good friends now mm-hmm. yeah so would you have been friends in high school? No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay, so it seems it seems like that's very clear to you. Um, why is that? Tell, tell me a little bit about maybe your guys, yourselves in high school. Uh, yeah, I can go off. So um, in high school, I was very ambitious and a bit scary. Some people might say intimidating. Mm. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I was just, I was not really into building friendships. Like my motto in high school was, I want everyone to know me, but I also want no one to know me. Like to be known, but unknown. And one way I did that was, I was friendly to people, talking to people, but I always kept people at a distance. Um, partially it was just due to my re- um, beliefs, like in relationships and God and other stuff, which I think we're gonna talk about later. Um, but I also like sports a lot. Um, I enjoyed playing the flute, uh, and I, I don't know. You were class president. Oh, that's true. I was class president. I was in student council for four years, was vice president and then president across the years after that. Wow. Wow. It was a small high school. Very impressed. She should have done business. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, Really enjoy student council. That was really fun, but I only knew I liked it because it was a small school of 100. So mm. it's one of those you are voted in not due to pop- popularity, but out of respect. Like, do people think you can actually do the job? Wow. So I knew, so each year, um, try to maintain a reputation of like, yes, I'm not the most likable person, but I will make sure that student council is run well. And I don't mind um, strongly encouraging people to make sure they do their job. Mm. <laughs> Mm, some things haven't changed. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, just kidding, I, just I smile now. So, and where did you go? Where did you go to high school? I went to University High School in Fresno, California. Mm. Uh, we have yes, we have a lot of Fresno pride. Um, but before that, I lived in Hong Kong. Okay, got it. Okay, and then um, yeah, what about you? What were you like in high school? Mm. I was a jack of all trades. Um, I was very quiet. I was in a lot of social bubbles. I didn't really have one set friend group. Well, basically it was with all like the AP nerds. Um, 
yeah, I spent most of my lunches in like teachers' classrooms and studying and hanging out with the nerds. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Yeah, I was pretty quiet and not athletic at all. Um, wasn't on student council. <laughs> I didn't like, like talking to people. Um, yeah, I was just into community service and getting into college. Yeah, pretty academically driven, but socially awkward. Mm. Okay, so then uh, let's let's talk about your spiritual background before coming into college. So maybe around that time, like what, what was your spiritual background like? Bia, why don't you just start? Yeah. So I grew up church. Uh, my mom went into ministry when I was in elementary school. She became a pastor. She does homeless ministry now. Um, and so I just kind of went to church with her. I never kind of doubted that God existed, but cause I saw it in my mom, she believed him just so much and I could see that he took care of our family. But in terms of like personal relationship, I kind of just coasted in high school. Like I went to church on Sunday, but like, Monday through Saturday, I just did whatever I wanted, basically. Mm. Um, and I, I had, like, the the pastor's kid mentality where I would help out in, like, vacation Bible school and do all that stuff. But I didn't really want any, like, control over my life in terms of, I, I wanted control over my life. I didn't want God to have any say or my mom. So I kind of just kept that hidden mm. <laughs> away from both my mom and God. So, mm. yeah, kind of faithful churchgoer, but not really internally wanting anything to do with God. Yeah. Mm. Okay, got it. And so, and presumably, your your mom took you to church every week. Or, every week, yeah, yeah, yep. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And then Jeanette, what, what about you? You have a pretty different background, right? Yeah, a little bit. I well, I guess growing up, I at the beginning, I did go to church services. I went to international Christian schools. So I had Bible studies as a class, chapel every week. So, what like the whole shebang until roughly seventh grade. Once I moved to the U.S., like. Um, Gradually during that time, we stopped going to church. We uh, I stopped going to youth groups. Um, I went to public school, so no more Bible study. So it was like a kind of like a 180 to a degree. And then I, um, when we moved to the U.S., my closest relative, my grandpa, passed away. I've never really experienced a death that actually affected me before. And then that was also the biggest move that I ever had. So I started doubting relationships. Like, are they worth it in the end? If it's so painful to be separated from people. Um, I had, so middle school was, I was starting to have a lot of questions about this. I couldn't find answers for it. So by the time I had high school, I started building a lot more apologetics questions and like, can Christianity actually be lived out? And more importantly, is it true? Like, regardless if I like it or not, if it's, if it's true, like I have to not necessarily reap the consequences of it, but I have to address it. Mm. But if it's a lie, then I, I don't, like, I don't need to deal with it. So one thing led to another, by the time I was a junior in high school, I had a, well, sophomore year, I had a conversation with my dad about it. Cause like. I love my dad. He's the smart. Well, in my in my biased head, he's one of the smartest men that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the most loving men. Um, well, well, I'm married now. I can't I can't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, he, um, my dad is great. I really love him, and I really respect his opinion. And so, I had a conversation about him, about what his views of Jesus were, and one thing led to another, and I became uh, atheist my junior year of high school. Mm. Okay, so that was like a, an actual decision you you made. You were like, "Oh, there is no God." Yeah, I I remember thinking in my head, "I rather live in a sad truth than a happy lie." And then I, it was, I think, my second semester of junior year. It was right in the middle. I was taking a push and learning other things. So there was a clear time when I decided to become atheist. But I didn't tell my family that because it's just awkward, and I just didn't want to deal with it. And we were only culturally Christian, so I knew me becoming atheist doesn't change anything with our family. I see. So you knew effectively, even though like you even like grew up going to Christian school, uh, did they send you to Christian school because they wanted you to learn Christianity or was it just because that was the one available or? No, there's like um the international school system is pretty big there. So there's like 10 to 20 different international schools I could have gone to, oh, but see. they specifically p- 
had us go to my sister and I um, went to two different kinds of Christian schools. I went to a Canadian one, Canadian based, and then my sister went to an American one. And then I gradually, I eventually um, joined her school, and that's a school where like um, Josh Young, Lucas mm. Lamb, and there's one other person okay, that so, I can remember. So other, so other people from our church, like like Josh Young from Chicago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he was. He went to that school. He was classmates with my sister. Oh, fun wow. fact. Dope. Yeah. Oh, are these the same year? Yeah, there's oh, so wow. there um, in that school there was like sixty students per class. So I texted my sister when I moved here. I was like, "Do you remember a guy named Josh?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I totally remember him." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that. that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so you know so you had exposure to Christianity, but and, and you said you started asking these like more apologetics type questions. Mm-hmm. And so was it that you didn't get like good answers to it or? Yeah, I kind of got answers like. I call it blind faith mm. answers. Like you just if, gotta trust. Yeah, or, you, you yeah. gotta trust. Like it's God. Like how can you? Um, like it's Jesus. He's the Son of God. You just have to believe in it, and it will become true to you. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not, that's, that's we don't we don't apply that any other way in life. Mm. So why would I apply it to the most important thing? It just didn't make any sense to me. Mm. And um, my um, my family just grew up very traditional culturally christian like go to sunday service like never miss it for whatever reason so very diligent but their lives aren't um transformed maybe that's the easiest way to say it got it okay so then so then so with your backgrounds you guys come into college um and uh so how did that journey to christ happen for you like maybe Jeanette, you can just continue on from what you're talking about. Yeah. So uh, although I was in a spiritually very low point in high school, I think now looking back, I was very primed and I was very spiritual hungry by the time I came into college. Cause I remember my, my summer before my freshman year, I said, all right, like I'm a 17 year old um, person, 17 year old, knowing about divinity, knowing about like the existence of God, like fully doesn't make sense to me. Mm. So it's I was like, like, there's a lot less, a lot more to be discovered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it just, just doesn't make sense so i was like well i know i looked at um christianity through my parents' eyes because i grew up with them now i want to see it from my own eyes and then after that then decide if i really believe it's true or not true um so i wanted to give it one last shot and then after that then i was going to make my own path so that was very clear so uh two things happened one of them was i um through actually someone from that school um international christian school i i had a connection and then I met Michael Lee. He's class of 2018. He was like coming here and there to uh, Coin Berkeley. I asked, oh, which um, fellowship do you go to? Can I join or can I go to it? And he's like, oh, yeah, we have a welcome student night. There was Korean barbecue. It's actually the exact same one that Nicholas um, stole Korean barbecue from. <laughs> but we kind of had <laughs> different stories. So for me, I saw the flyer and I was like, oh, it's a oh it's a there's a skit going on. There's an engaging the, uh, the flyer specifically said engaging conversation. And that's a Korean barbecue. And then, so I was like, I want to go to the talk, but I don't want to talk to anyone because they're going to try to persuade me just due to like friendships and relationships. And I was yeah, already yeah, like yeah. by that point, by that point done with that. So I was like, uh, how do I go? I know they're going to have a welcome team. They're going to know everyone like that's part of their church. So well, you like I, knew that in advance. Well, yeah, I grew up going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. She knows the ropes. <laughs> I know. I know the drill. Yeah. So I was like, how do I get the content, but without any people mm. so i decided i'm gonna since there's a skit i can't afford to not go to that mm. so i came 30 to 45 minutes later came into the back row of i believe it was wheeler at the time and i came right as pastor daniel was transitioning on to the stage so when there's a commotion i knew i can go in without people noticing me oh. so i sat in the back row listened to his um it was engaging conversation and it was the first time i felt like a christian turned on their brain when they talked about christianity even just looking at a text 
And I was also impressed that he was a computer science major and that his wife was a lawyer. Mm. I was like, well, these are smart people. Mm. There must be a reason why. Like, I don't know the reason why, but there must be a reason why they believe in this so strongly to go into full-time ministry. Even because um, in their careers, they could have made money. Because gr- mm, growing up, usually people go into seminary, seminary school or um, Christian paths because they can't find other ways to make a profit. Mm. So yeah, yeah. that was my background. So that one was like, whoa, that's really different. So mm-hmm. after the talk, they said there's free Korean barbecue. So I left right away and I looked down, saw saw the rows and tables of food. And I was like, I'm too exposed. I can't do it. And so I just um, booked it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I so see. I think Nicholas and I literally just avoided each other. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's funny. He came just for the food and you came just for the talk. So Yeah, I came just for the talk. Yeah, and then yeah. um, very fortunately, there was a um, junior in Win Ensemble. So I like networking. Um, so as <laughs> I told you, should have been business major. <laughs> so she, funny, yeah. she was the... You didn't want to like talk to people socially, but you would network. Oh yeah, yeah all yeah, the okay, time. Okay, um, got it, got it. So I was in um, the Win Ensemble at Berkeley. I was, I'm a flute player. That's um, one of my passions. And then... Uh, I wanted to get connected with the principal flute player. So, and it so happened to be, uh, she was a junior at the time, class of 2017, Sally Cho. So I literally, I think at the end of the second class, like I walked up to her and said, hi, I'm Jeanette. I'm a freshman. Um, I'm in your flute section. and I'm going to be with you this semester. And then after that, she's like, hi, Jeanette. And then so she like, she walked me back to my dorm. We started talking about basketball and like other things. And then we exchanged numbers. And then she invited me out to... Um, Sunday service so I went once and I said no no these people are way too friendly um, <laughs> I can't take it and so I didn't go anymore um, but then uh, she maintained the relationship with me and then she asked me if I was down to do something called course 101 which is like the foundations of Christianity yeah yeah and I, then I feel like literally every staff has mentioned course really yeah <laughs> and I guess it's a big part of how a lot of us learn the gospel mm. so. oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure so I know I for me I really in, was very thankful that she asked that because I think um, when I, with our previous conversations, I don't think I would have shown any spiritual interest. Like I'm not wanting to go to church, not wanting to go to, I think I went to one Friday Bible study and I really didn't like it cause it was too social, bu- social <laughs> bubbly. Like they want me to come for the dinner. I'm like, no, can I just go for the content? But oh, they're driving me. So I'm funny, like, I can't yeah. do this. Um, but she said, Oh, are, am I down to do one-on-one, um, uh, course. So we only would do content with each other. And then I had like 10 years of backed up questions and anger toward Christianity. <laughs> Dang, yeah. So I was like, bring it. Um, <laughs> so we did six weeks, uh, uh, one, uh, we did, I think per chapter we had, we talked about it for two to three hours. I would read the content wow. before then I was prepared when I went in. Wow. So I was really thankful for Sally Cho. Um, really funny. Cause I was the first person that she did course one-on-one with. And then she apparently, I found out later that she prayed. She's like, God, please don't give me a quiet person. Mm-hmm. I can do anything but quiet. <laughs> and then that's exactly what she, she got. got. <laughs> well, God answers prayers. So. Yeah. So I'm very, very thankful. I um, I would say 80% of my questions were answered, both in the, there's actually answers to my questions. And then, but there's sometimes Sally just said like, I don't know. Mm. So certain things like I had issues with was how can I be happy in if heaven is real, how can I be happy in heaven with God if I know there's so many of the loved ones um, that I had growing up that I know for sure in hell. Like how that that's a contradictory statement. So I think Sally Cho and then even I think I asked in a Q&A, Q&A once with Pastor Daniel, he said I don't know. And actually that didn't deter me or say that oh Christianity isn't true. I really respected that. That he didn't wrap it up in a bow and just says, Oh, just believe there's like, Like, there's there's just some things that are just hard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, that just really affirmed to me 
that um, Sally Cho, other people in his church really think through their decision um, and it, they don't take it lightly. And so, which also helped me like while we're doing co- uh, course 101, like, oh, I shouldn't take this lightly either. Mm. And so I think by the end, I um, came, came to a point where I, know, I knew enough to know that it did happen. I, growing up, I did not have issues knowing that I was a wicked person or there were a lot of things that are messed up with me. So sin was, I already knew that to be true. And then I needed just to decide, do I want to commit my life to Jesus and want that relationship or do I want to walk away? Mm -hmm. And so I became Christian my spring semester of my freshman year. Wow. Okay. Wow. Of your freshman year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. So yeah, what a journey. Like, so, I mean, what, what I'm hearing from what you're sharing is um, that you were you were very spiritually hungry. Like you weren't you weren't there for the food. You were not there for the fun. Like you you want the content. And you know, like course, like usually people meet like one hour per chapter, but you guys are talking like two three hours and answering all your questions and things like that. And I, I relate a lot with that actually, because you know, if you guys know my story, my freshman year, I, I didn't come to anything but the content too. Mm-hmm. Like I would come late and stay for the Bible study, and then I would leave right afterward. And then and there's this funny story where Will Wu is one of our pastors now, but. Um, He's a couple years older than me. He, he was like, hey, DP, like, why don't you like stay um, stay afterward and you can hang out with us? And I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to go back to my dorm and study. And he was like, y- you're not going to study. It's Friday night. I was like, And I was judging him. I was like, I, I am going to study. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to study and then I'm going to play all day on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah, so I, I feel you. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, th- different people are at different stages and you needed the content during that time. So, mm. so Bia, uh, how, how's your story? Look, what does it look like? Um, you're coming yeah. to faith or kind of from your background? Um, it's funny because like an, an, a death in my family too, kind of awoke in my spiritual hunger a little bit more mm. after, um, from middle school until like high school and then college. And so my sister passed when I was in middle school yeah. and, um, I think the loss of her like really made me afraid of dying. It made me afraid of like, how am I going to face God? Like I, I know everyone faces God that, that I knew as a kid, but, um, I knew it wasn't a good person. And I knew this whole double thing where I'm going to church on Sunday, but not really like giving God my full like heart. I knew that wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't know how to fix it. Um, so I had a really like interesting view of like salvation and like atonement and that kind of stuff. So, um, that kind of w- w- went me on this interesting quest where I was trying to earn my way into God's favor by trying to do a lot of good things. And then that fell flat in high school. But then in college, I thought, okay, now this is the time to redefine myself. Now I can try to be good. I can only be good, but I can redefine like my identity and who I am. And I can, maybe I'll try this church thing and maybe I'll be happy, but maybe I can find my identity elsewhere too. Um, And so I came in to college, not super looking for church. I wanted to keep up the whole Sunday Christian thing, but I didn't really want to like get involved in like a youth group kind of a thing in college. So that wasn't on my radar. Um, But coincidentally, my sister's best friend from high school was a sophomore at UC Berkeley and she was at Quininia, um, our Christian fellowship there. And she's like, hey, you know, your mom's a pastor and you're probably looking for a church. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking for a church. (laughs) 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 You want to come join COIN? And I was like, what is coin? Sure. <laughs> um, so I came early in the summer and um, my sister's friend, Diana, um, she showed me around campus and she's like, hey, let me exchange numbers and like, I'll give your number to one of the mentors. Maybe she can contact you when we have like stuff for fall. You can come hang out. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, so fall rolls around. 
And I get invited um, to this meet and greet at one of our like um, study spaces in Berkeley. And I walk in and it's like all Asian people. And I was like, <laughs> I cannot do that. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, Diana, you're Mexican. What? What is going on here? I'm yeah. so confused. Um, but everyone was really warm, but I was just so socially anxious <laughs> yeah. that I was like, I can't do this. Um, but I was like, okay, I need to find some kind of church to keep up this whole thing, make my mom happy and not feel like I'm going to be like in trouble with God. So mm. I went to the Sunday services and same thing when pastor Daniel preached, I was like, wow, I actually understand. Like he makes the Bible rel relative to me as a teenager, almost an adult. And I don't feel like I'm being like fed information that's meant for a 30 year old. Like I can actually connect with it. Like I didn't do that. I didn't have that in church growing up. Um, so I kept coming. Um, but whenever it came to sin, that's where I was like, mm, I don't really want to listen anymore. <laughs> like I know I'm a sinner, but I don't really know how to fix it. So I'm just going to kind of tune it out. Um, so then as like the, the year went on, uh, the semester went on, I kept trying to find like my sense of worth and identity and so many other things. So with school and then I was really into like the mixed race union club at Berkeley. But so I tried to find a home there. I rushed to sorority. Um, and at all this time, the older ones um, in, in Berkeley were really like loving on me. Like they were opening up their home to me and trying to get to know me. And the the strength of relationships I saw with the older ones versus with like my clubs at, at school were very different. Whereas my clubs at school, I felt like I could, I had some kind of connection with them, whether racially or academically. Um, but it didn't really feel strong or genuine. But with these girls who are all Korean, whom I had really nothing, like no same background, like yeah. nothing with, in common with them other than like, wow, these people really love Jesus. Um, and I want to love Jesus like that. But like, I don't know how. Um, that was such a stark contrast for me. Um, and so when at the end of my freshman year, like I got invited to go to winter retreat um, and after also taking course 101 with Will Wu actually, mm. um, oh. he taught my <laughs> our, like a class from course 101. I realized like, oh my gosh, okay. I don't think I'm Christian. <laughs> uh, like I can't work to earn God's favor and I'm in trouble. I'm a sinner. I have, I have some issues I need to talk to God about. Um, so with all of those realizations coming into like winter retreat, my freshman year, uh, pastor Ed, the head pastor at our church, he gave this analogy of like Christian life being a pie chart where like my Christian life can't just be a slice of the pie. And I really identified with that. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. Like with clubs, with, um, wanting like romantic relationships with oh, so many other things in my life, God was just only a slice of the pie that he didn't really have any say in how I lived any other way of my life, any other area of my life. And so I saw that the wreck I made of it, whether it's like broken relationships or not, or like envying people and not being really genuine with my, my friendships, I saw that I don't really do a good job in running my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so at the end of that retreat, I was like, okay, okay, I see that I really can't do anything to fix my sinfulness. I can't work hard enough. I can't be good enough in terms of doing it on my own. Like, I need Jesus. And that like clicked mm. for me um, at that retreat. And so, yeah, I gave my life to Christ at the winter retreat my freshman year. Mm. Yeah. All right. Wow. So, um, so, so you mentioned, um, you, mes you mentioned race a, a couple times yeah. and then, um, and then you mentioned walking into the room and it was a bunch of Asians. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people know our history, but, you know, we started as a Korean speaking Korean church mm -hmm. and then it became a English speaking Korean church and then, yeah. you know, Asian church. And we're trying to become more multi-ethnic, but Berkeley, because it started mm -hmm. that way, like it's still very Asian. Right. right um, yeah. um, so. So how, how did you. <laughs> 
How did you process that? Overcome that. Okay. What was okay? <laughs> can you just tell us, like, just for fun, like, yeah. What what was like? Uh, was there like a culture shock thing? Like, uh, what was weird? Yeah. 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 I think it was a culture shock. So I'm black and Mexican. So I walked into this room. And it's a whole bunch of people who are Korean and Chinese. I didn't know that at the time. I was mm. like, everyone's just Asian. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't know the distinction so much. Um. So I think there would be times where we'd be hanging out during Bible study, and people are off in the corner speaking Korean or like talking about like. Korean like cultural Things. stuff and I have no idea what's going on oh, really? wow. yeah so me and my other friend who happened to be Korean at the time but didn't really speak Korean she's super Americanized we just kind of sit in the corner and judge people <laughs> <laughs> I was like I don't like this she's like I don't like it either like it's so oh, clicky so <laughs> yeah 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 all the Koreans are together right, um right, right. but I mean everyone's awkward and insecure freshman year so I understand yeah. but I think what really like helped me to snap out of this whole like oh I don't belong here I'm not Korean I'm not Chinese like how can I fit in was like um actually a conversation I had with one of my mentors who happened to be Thai um so she didn't quite fit in the whole like typical Asian category of our church either um and she's like hey you know what I also kind of struggled to feel like I like I like belonged here as a Thai person but I realized that like you know people love me like regardless of what I look like or like my background and like like we really care about you and so um that shouldn't be a a D deterrent for you, Bia. And mm. I was like, wow, no one's ever spoken to me straight up like that before mm. about something I felt just so insecure about. And as like, even though, yeah, she wasn't black, like she still felt in, a, in some ways like kind of different. Um, and so I could relate with her on that. But the whole aspect of like people really genuinely love me and like, doesn't matter what I, I look like. I mean, my race mm. is important, but it wasn't the most important thing to them. Like I did feel that. Yeah, like I said, the older sisters, they like took me in. They fed me Korean food, like they fed me <laughs> American food. Like they really cared about me, even though we didn't have much in common on like the surface level, um, including like our race. So that really changed things for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it is a tough transition. I mean, we've got to yeah. acknowledge that, right? Like, like immediately you, the in initial instinct is what you felt, which is like, oh, I don't belong. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and so then I, I'm really thankful that you got to a place where you could even maybe have some conversations with uh, this mentor and, and realize, okay, like, okay, maybe I sh should give this a chance. Like maybe yeah. there's, there's a possibility for me to still belong here. Mm -hmm. All right. Because, and I think that's because in, in the world, yeah, people do kind of categorize themselves into these buckets mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. that's sort of who you're supposed to hang out with. Yeah. Um, but like the, in the church, th those, those, those things are supposed to be gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's neither Jew nor Gentile, right. Like right, ra yeah. race shouldn't be, it. um, of, of course it was a difficulty even in the early church, which is why, Paul writes about it so much, <laughs> right? So, but it actually uh, brought a lot of comfort. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like it shouldn't be ideally, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm thankful that you were able to have that. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about race, right? Because it's it's kind of so you guys both, you know, as we were brainstorming topics for this, um, you guys both brought up how you're mixed race, mm -hmm. um, and and that was a kind of a, a formative for you actually, like mm -hmm. it was sort of an identity forming and kind of as you were trying to figure out who you are, right? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. so, so maybe Jeanette, you can, can you tell us a little bit about how that played out for you? Yeah, I can um, back, back up a little and what, bit. And what races you are? Yes, yeah, so I, so I guess I should back up to my parents. So my dad is Caucasian. Um, he's from Fresno, California. And then he, uh, my mom is from Hong Kong. So she's Chinese, but she's actually um, half Chinese, half Indonesian. Cause her mom, so my grandmother is full Indonesian from Indonesia. Um, so, but growing up, actually, we, we can start off where I knew that I was just looking at my parents. I knew that I was Chinese and Caucasian. That was just very clear. <laughs> and then, but I actually didn't know I was Indonesian until I was like 10. 
um, just because um, in in Hong Kong, certain ethnicities is, um, are treated better than others, just m- more indirectly implying. So I didn't know that I was Indonesian until later. And I um, even when I found out, I just didn't bother with it. It's just just wasn't a thing. So I was just Chinese and uh, Caucasian. Mm. And then when I moved to the U.S., because I grew up um, in China or in Hong Kong, I just considered myself Chinese, never really doubted it. Um, never really realized that I had like whiter skin or brown hair. And then when I moved to the U.S., I moved to like a, um, a rural area. Like a, well, my dad grew up on a farm, so I lived in a farm town, and that was like a big culture shock. Like um, well, my big city, Hong Kong, too. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I, I looked it up. I googled recently. So it currently the the town that I moved into is smaller than Urbana Champaign. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, for yeah. context, like I think Costco <laughs> oh, wow. was like an hour away, but I didn't know what Costco was back then. And then um, it my grade school for so the I moved in seventh like to seventh grade um to the U.S. And then our grade school is in a farm area. Like I would wave to people that are like pulling. Um, weeds out of the ground for the different plants and whatnot. That's so, <laughs> and it was um fifty percent Caucasian, fifty percent Mexican. Before that point, Hong Kong just doesn't have Mexican people. Mm. I didn't know what a Mexican was per se. Like I remember coming in then like, like I need to be educated. So I watched George Lopez oh, to like. No. Get- <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the reference, uh, but uh, uh, George, he's, a, he's a famous comedian and yeah. had a TV, TV show. That's how I like. That's how I learned about it because I, I was just so like not culturally aware. Um, and then so, but because everyone was like either Mexican or Caucasian at my school, I was considered the Chinese person. And then uh. even when I said um, I I was from Hong Kong, the, <laughs> I told the smartest kid at that school that I was from Hong Kong, and he said, "Oh, konnichiwa." Oh no! I'm like, that's Japan. Oh, that's Japan. Yeah, yeah. No. So at that point, like it was funny, um, but overall, like I felt like okay, people don't know about like they don't know my culture, they don't know where I grew up. It's mm. really different from them, so they don't really know me. But that's like okay though. Um, and then I switched schools for high school and then that's when my identity really started. Um, I started questioning it a lot because over there, the Asian population is a bit higher. There's like Hmong, um, Korean, Chinese and whatnot. But then that was the first time I was not accepted by like a quote unquote Asian community because I looked white. And then I was like, wait, but I'm Chinese though. And it's like, but you're you're white you're american i'm like you're american you've lived here for like 15 years mm. so that was like i was i was wrestling with like oh what what am i then i'm not american but i'm not chinese then so what what am i and then i think at that point then i really started like fighting i was like no i was born in hong kong i grew up that way like i must be so mm. i started becoming like a little bit of an obsession like i wanted to like i was upset that i had brown hair i wanted black hair um, my sister, I think objectively looks a lot more Chinese than I do. So I was really, um, insecure and I felt like, um, no matter what I did, I just couldn't look Chinese enough. So it hit the point where for me it hit, um, like weight. Like I just, I think I just have a German build per se. And my <laughs> sister did it. Like she has more of a Chinese build. So there's a point where I would like binge, like just uh, not binge. I would, um, throw up food on a daily slash weekly basis in order to try to lose weight so mm. then I can look skinnier so I look more Chinese. Mm. But um, that didn't work out. Um, and then I started going through the yo-yo effect because I love food. <laughs> so I would like throw it up, but then I would keep eating because I really <laughs> enjoyed it. I really like dim sum. So there's like that. Anyway, mm. so um, so I was like miserable and I didn't know what to do. I tried to learn Mandarin and Cantonese, but um, for like two to three years, studied it on my own, but it wasn't working. So I was like, man, I don't know the language. Like I don't have proof. 
besides mm-hmm. I just say I'm from there. Mm-hmm. And then so it when high school hit and I was also having questions about um, like friendships, relationships and whatnot. I'm like, OK, then no one's going to know me like they don't know my background. They're majority American. Like I'm just going to be alone and I'm OK with that. So that was roughly my uh, racial identity crisis journey. Mm, OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, maybe we'll resolve that. We'll resolve that after <laughs> Bia tells hers. Okay, so Bia, how about for you? Like, uh, what, you know, what was the uh, kind of your journey on this? Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm I'm black and Mexican, but so my dad is African American, and my mom is from Mexico, Guadalajara. Um, she came to the states when she was seven, and so I grew up with my with my mom because my parents are split. Um, and so having looking, I look more African American than I do Mexican. My hair is curly, my skin is a little darker, and um, I don't speak Spanish, um, which is a regret <laughs> I have. Um, but based on the circumstances growing up, it's just impossible for my mom to teach us. Mm. Um, and so I felt really bitter about that. But then also I didn't like looking African American because I associated it too much with my dad and just different like bad experiences I had growing up. Um, and just like the negative way that people view African Americans sadly in this country. And so I wanted to be completely separated from that as much as possible. So I, as soon as I could start straightening my hair, I straightened my hair, um, basically all throughout middle school and high school, um, to look as Mexican as I possibly could. Um, yeah, I listened to music in Spanish, tried to like talk to my mom as much as I could, listen to her radios in Spanish, but I couldn't pick it up. It's kind of hard. I went opposite way and I studied French in high school because I was like, forget it. I'm just going <laughs> to do something completely different. Um, I studied Par- Spanish in college. Parlez-vous français? Yes. Uh, oui. <laughs> Je m'appelle Biarmice. Yeah. Oh, much better than my accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that that was pretty tough. And same with Jeanette. I, I didn't feel like I fit in in any friend group. I hung out with mostly um, the Hispanic kids. Um, there wasn't a lot of African-American kids at my school. And they, they weren't treated very fairly either. So I just kind of distanced myself from them, which I regret. Um, but yeah, with my Hispanic friends, I didn't feel like I belonged because I couldn't speak the language. Um, so even though I hung out with them, most of my friends were Hispanic or white. Um, couldn't really feel like I belonged. Um, and so... Yeah, I I also would cover like myself with jackets to make myself lighter. Mm. I grew up in the desert, so I tan really quickly. So any way to try to look as light as possible, as Hispanic as possible, that's what I did. Um, yeah, so then like coming into college, it, I looked pretty similar, like straight hair, light skin. Um, and then, yeah, it, it wasn't until like I became Christian that that desire to always feel like I needed to justify my Mexicanness. Um, I would carry a picture around of my mom mm. to prove to people I am Mexican. This is my mother. <laughs> you know, you cannot people deny just, this. People would say like, oh, you're black or something. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. you, you had a hard time with that. I had a hard yeah. time with that. Yeah. I'd be like, but I'm Mexican too. I'm like, yeah. can you just pick one? No, why do I need to pick one? So it was a, it was a tough kind of internal battle where I didn't really feel like I didn't want to choose sides, but I secretly wanted to choose side. Um, like really want to be Mexican, but yeah, I'm both. So yeah. So, so, you know, what I'm hearing from both of your stories is there's a little bit of a, it's a battle to belong, yeah. right? Like, and, 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 you know, because you're multiracial, it's sort of, uh, am I part of this group or I'm part of this group? And mm-hmm. that is one of the ways in which people view themselves, like as a part of a certain ethnic or cultural or re- uh, racial group. And so, mm-hmm. um, so like, I mean, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like that was hard. So, like, in college, did anything change or, you know, I, I think you, you tried joining some 
groups and things mm-hmm. like that? Like, yeah. how, how'd that go? So in college, I joined the mixed student union, MSU. And um, I tried to find like a solace with other mixed kids. Um, but we're all mixed with different things. So <laughs> 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 couldn't really bond on anything, really. Um, so I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, so then I, I kind of gave that up. Um, and then I joined a multicultural sorority to try to find like sisterhood with people of different races and try to like, you know, integrate myself in that way with that community. And it just... I wasn't vibing with it. I didn't wasn't down with the drinking culture. So then I left. Um, so then my only option left was just church. And I was like, everyone's Korean <laughs> and Chinese. But these people really love me. Like, mm. why? <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I think at that, when I all other options were exhausted, finally, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, these people genuinely care about me. They might not look like me at all, but... That doesn't seem to bother them. Mm. Why is it bothering me? Mm. You know, and so I, I decided to try to fight that a little bit more. It's like, okay, I do belong here. These people really do care about me. And their questions about my hair texture or like my background, like it's not offensive. They just don't know. You know? And so it's like literal curiosity. Literal curiosity. <laughs> they don't like you don't they don't really yeah. touch curly hair before. So they were like <laughs> blowing my curls and like that's fine. I would get annoyed, but that I mean they're just curious. So <laughs> now it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I know you we were part of that same discussion, but I'm a was it 2B? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2B. Yeah, yeah. So I, see, I'm still learning things. I learned that this past year. So Yeah, there's a hair texture I didn't know chart. that was a thing. Yeah. So I, like I, appreciate, I appreciate you guys teaching me that. Yes. Um, so, so Jeanette, for, for your story, did, did that extend out into kind of your identity crisis with race? Did that extend into college at all? Or kind of or like how, how did that start resolving for you like later on? Yeah, well, simply put, well, okay, there are a couple of things. So when I'm, Fresno doesn't have Asian, Korean, Chinese things, period. So mm-hmm. just the fact that I moved to Berkeley helped a lot, mm-hmm. well, at least for me personally, because okay. it was... Because it was, it, in that community, in, in the Berkeley community, there's a lot more Chinese. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just Chinese, there's just Chinese people exist. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so like I, I was, um, I was able to eat Chinese food again. I was able to like um, drink boba. So I was like, okay, like this is, this is okay. But then I think one, um, I think similar to Beatrice though, I was trying to find like a, like a, co- a community to identify with, but then, and I thought I was going to find that in Berkeley cause it's like international. There's like people are open to different things. Mm-hmm. So I was considering joining the Hong Kong student association, but they're too bougie. They're too, uh, it's like, um, it's like the rich Hong Kong kids. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to match that. Um, so I knew I, if I join even that group, I'm not going to be satisfied. And then there, I was considering other Asian clubs, but I was like, I'm just going to run into the same thing again because I clearly look white. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, well, let's try other um, other things. So I think one part that particularly helped out was after I became Christian. So, well, I, I guess I need to back up. So I really had this emotional uh, response. Like I just miss connecting with people that are like me. Um, and I really wanted to go back to Hong Kong to visit. So like what I mean by that, by like, um, I guess to back up to be a bit vulnerable is when I first moved to the U.S., I think I cried um, every night for three months because I just missed Hong Kong. Mm. And then I think it reduced to like once a week, then reduced to maybe once a month. And then by the time my senior year of high school hit, maybe it was once every four months kind of thing. But it was I was really bad with my emotions. I, I think I cried out all of my emotions when I was in high school. So then I became a T in college. Oh, no. I think that's what happened. A thinker. Yeah. T on the Myers-Briggs. Oh, yeah. T on the Myers-Briggs. You just started to reject your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just, I, I think, honestly, if you know Myers-Briggs, I was, um, I think in middle school, I was an INFP. I'm pretty sure I was an INFP. Wow. And then I cried my way into an ENTJ. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> very different. That's interesting, yeah. So, but anyway, so I, um, 
uh, after I became Christian, I actually did an internship in Hong Kong. And then um, I now looking back, I realized that the people that I interacted with in Hong Kong, um, the people I connected with the most were not from from Hong Kong. Like what I mean by that is I went to a um, I was doing an internship at a Seventh Day Adventist hospital. So I was actually hanging out with the chaplain the whole time and he was Malaysian. So I literally went with him like from door to door. I did other things too, but um, uh, most of the time that I cherish um, during the time was I was with him and we went door to door just to talk to people about like their issues, where their faith was coming from. Um, how can we pray for you in certain ways and had just some of the spiritual conversations, other one just comforting conversations. And I got uh, close to people. And then the people in the hospital that I was getting close and connected to, they weren't necessarily Chinese. Like one guy was Indian who had cancer for like two years. And mm. I was, um, very thankful to have met him during his last two months before he passed away oh, or like there's there's other people that were like that too that i realized oh the people that i feel closer to or i was connecting to were not my race um ironically in hong kong and then that i think i didn't know this at the time but i think internally that made me start that started priming me to think oh race is not the biggest thing is actually being christian and having the same belief um is what's going to carry us through our relationships because the other people that were Christian at the hospital, yeah, they weren't Chinese. I think they were like, yeah, Malay. They were, I think, Indonesian and other things too. Mm. So, yeah, that that helped prime me for college when I became roommates with Beatrice. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, your early kind of childhood memories were from a pretty homogeneous society. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Hong Kong is, uh, there's some diversity, but yeah, I mean, it's largely Chinese, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and then, you know, and then you went to, um, you know, California in parts where it, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't the diversest parts of the California either. Where it's like a white Mexican, like you were describing, and mm-hmm. things like that. And so, so then to come to a place like Berkeley, where you're kind of exposed to a lot of different cultures, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's one of the the benefits actually of, mm-hmm. of of going to a school where there's a lot of diversity. You just get to interact with so many cultures, and I think that kind of helps helps you to understand that, like at least for me too, like because I grew up like having a lot of Korean friends through like my parents' network, right, mm-hmm. of friends. And so then, like, I knew how to, like, relate with fellow Koreans. But then I was I, thankful because in my high school, actually, my high school was really diverse. So then, mm-hmm. like, a lot of my best friends were, you know, they're they white. I mean, they were also, you know, Korean and Chinese, but, you know, they're Indians and uh, Filipinos and just kind of just right, the the gamut. So um, I think that kind of opened me up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But um, but so, so, I mean, racial identity seems like it was a big part of your kind of your struggle to discover who you are. Mm-hmm. So, so just to like wrap this discussion up, like how, how did becoming a Christian, like how did that resolve this tension for you? Cause it sounds like as you guys became Christian, you, you started to feel like, okay, well um, this doesn't have to be the main source of my identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a part of who I am, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be main source. Like how, how did you process that? Maybe Janet, you can start. Yeah. Like I think, uh, where to begin? I think one of them was, when I became Christian, so before I was Christian, I was thinking like your identity as what, because I didn't believe that people had souls. I felt like what you see is what you get. Like that's it. So that's why I thought like being Chinese, like the values that I grew up with, how I, uh, um, what I was interested in compassion about is because of my upbringing. That's why I was Chinese. Um, but once I became Christian and realized we have souls, I was like, well, actually your identity in your relationships is the most important thing. And then that's just like completely 180 from what I used to believe. So then I was thinking, well, how do I, how, if relationships are the most important thing, that means then that these other superficial things, like what I look like, what I like to do, what I like to eat or, um, or how 
even my perspective of the world is not that important. And then so I realized like, okay, that means then brothers and sisters in Christ are the most important relationships regardless of anything else. And so that was the beginning of slowly realizing that there are other, like, like I'm not saying that you should like diss or like ignore like what culture you grew up in because it, you know, creates who you are, but there's definitely more important things out there to consider. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, what about for you? I think for me, um, when, so when I became Christian, like what stood out to me the most was like, oh, like I'm a pretty broken person. And then as I got to know more people at our church, I'm like, oh, we're all pretty broken people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that became like the, the the leveling playing field, I guess, so to speak. Like we're, instead of seeing how different I am from other people, like on the outside, like I'm actually more like people than I realize. Like we all struggle with something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so as I, like heard a lot of people just be really vulnerable with me about the things they're struggling with. And then as I was vulnerable with them, like we, I began to experience a lot being close with people in a way that like just racially being close to people just because we looked like each other, like that never, it didn't feel like that. It felt a lot deeper and it mm. felt a lot more genuine. Whereas of like, cause they could reject me quote unquote, if I like shared something that was really vulnerable about myself that like maybe they didn't like, mm. but that didn't happen. Mm. And so like, I felt like these relationships more so like they fully knew me and it wasn't just like, we're friends because I look like you, but like you actually know me as a person. Mm-hmm. And so as I got to like experience that genuineness of like being fully known and loved, so to speak, like I felt like my idea, Identity as an African American and black, I mean, and a Mexican woman, like that kind of faded to the background. Like it's still there and it's important. I celebrate my heritage and my culture, but like the fact that I have like these sisters and brothers in Christ who like know me, like that became very much more like, wow, I really value that instead. And God values that, mm. you know, like sharing who I am really with people and experiencing his grace as they get to know who I am. And, um, yeah, even sometimes I joke about it now. I'm like, I forget what I look like <laughs> when I'm with our when I'm with our church. I just That's have funny. so much fun, and like yeah, we yeah. just share things, and we get yeah, just yeah. to be open and vulnerable, and have yeah a lot of fun together. So, um, in team pictures, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> no, it's funny. Cat even jokes like, you're so much more Korean than I am. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I like your food. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that helped me become just a lot more like okay. Like as a Christian, like we're all at the core, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. We're all sinners forgiven. And that is something I can rally around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. I like what you said about how there's the, of course there's the differences and a big part of those differences come. Uh, one of the factors is our race, right. Mm-hmm. And our culture that we grew up with, but like, there's so much that unites us like yeah. under, in the gospel, uh, children of God, uh, you know, people forgiven by the Lord Jesus and like, if we focus on that, which unifies us, then those other things become much less minor. And then there's like, we don't have to like compete. Mm. Yeah. Like, like, oh, who has the best culture or like, you know, <laughs> like how come like mine's not being expressed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and instead, actually, I think in some ways, because we're united in the gospel, I get to enjoy other people's cultures more. Mm-hmm. Like when I have a chance to interact with it or kind of find out more about like, you know, like I, I love talking to, I, I feel like actually like when I'm, with Edin, sometimes I end up talking about like <laughs> Korean culture and like Eritrean culture and kind of, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. It's like mm-hmm. so different. And then there's similarities and, and things like that. And yeah. So, and in my interview with Tof, like he was telling me about Nigerian culture and, and uh, <laughs> there were some similarities between, I, I saw between Korean culture and 
Yeah, so it's it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> it's just interesting to kind of discover in all these different cultures that mm-hmm. you know that you know we believe that God made right. So yeah. um, it's pretty cool. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna kind of change topics here. Okay, so because uh, you guys have been friends for a while, so I, I wanted to just kind of pick your brain about like what that looked like. Um, so it just in terms of the development of your guys's relationships. So maybe we can just start with like if you guys had any first impressions of each other, <laughs> like. Uh, and how you guys first met, and then, yeah, like, let's just start with that, like, first impressions. Do you want to go, or should yeah, I go first? I go? <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so the, it's not, the for very, very first time I met, I visually saw Bia was when we were getting rides for that one Sunday that I went to, and then afterwards said, nah, nah, not for oh, okay. me, okay. <laughs> was uh, freshman year, and then she had neon green, oh, you had man. green hair, yeah. she had green hair, <laughs> she was really shy, and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl. I, I can't. <laughs> so uh, that was my first visual impression of her. But then um, we're probably going to talk about this later. But um, we it was really interesting. We were part of the same um, fellowship, like Koinonia in college. But then it was... Um, I didn't really have and didn't really have much of an opinion about her. Like she, I just knew she was in the group. We had like thirty five sisters mm. yeah. in our point group, so it was just <laughs> hard. We had a lot. Of, a lot. Yeah, a lot of friends. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot going on. And then um, uh, she was she was um freshman year. We were both in different life groups. Yeah. So I just hung out, with, or I hung out with the people that like I knew in my freshman year, and then she hung out with people from her freshman year. So mm-hmm. it's not like there was any like angst or anything. It's yeah, just yeah. we didn't cross paths too yeah. much. And yeah. then. Um, the interesting part was junior year, we decided to become housemates because we wanted to um, have our apartment be for God's ministry or try to build up the church in that way. So like inviting um, sisters over or other people over, um, keeping it open and just wanting that warm like f- church family environment there. Yeah. And then so that was my first time really considering okay i'm really gonna be i'm gonna try to be friends with beatrice okay so that's when your relationship started to like really develop Mm -hmm. yeah okay Okay. Mm -hmm. so um bia what about you what were (laughs) first impressions of jeanette i think it was at a bible study at one of our ministry houses at coin house and jeanette was sitting she was standing in the circle with like all these dudes (laughs) and she looked so cool and really sporty like she just got out of the gym or something and i was like I can't. She's just, just no. <laughs> Both of you are like, I can't. I know. Like, there's no way I'm impressed with her. I'm not sporty and I'm not cool. And she just looks really intense. So I'm going to go hang out with my other friend <laughs> and, and judge people in the corner. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's where we started. Um, mm-hmm. So then how would you say you guys got close over the years? Like how, how does that friendship build? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one pivotal moment was we, we when we first moved in together with our other friends, like we took a bus ride to Target um, and we kind of just both just shared like our backgrounds and our family stories. And we're both pretty honest and vulnerable with each other. I was like, well, I'm going to live with you. Might as well tell you everything about me. <laughs> <laughs> so on that bus ride, I got to know her a lot. And I think consequently got to know me too, right? And um, that was like the first of like, oh, I can be really honest with this person. And she's a really good listener. And like, she asked really thoughtful questions. And so as, as the year or so went on and like junior year went on, like we realized that like, okay, like we're really different and we think in such different ways. <laughs> she's very like thinker and very emotional. Um, so we would butt heads a lot, but I think something about Jeanette that really struck me in, in college is that she was willing to duke it out with me um, and like try to understand what I was thinking, not to like, pick my brain, which I thought she was like, she was doing. I was like, I'm not an experiment. You can't understand me. <laughs> um, but like, she genuinely wanted to understand like why I thought the way that I did. And then it, it forced me to become a lot more, um, 
I don't know, thoughtful, uh, introspective, like, oh, this is why I'm feeling the way I am. And um, through that, a lot of conflict happened, but we also, because we were committed to like each other and to God, um, yeah, being vulnerable and bringing stuff up and kind of duking it out in our guest room <laughs> as we sat on the floor and talked about why we were mad at each other. Um, that really brought us together. Yes, I think vulnerability and speaking truth. Yes. We're so different. Yes. We love that verse, right? Speaking the truth in love. Yeah. And- and uh, just contending with one another and 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 being willing to sit down and talk mm-hmm. like that's a way of taking each other seriously yeah right? like this relationship matters to me mm-hmm. if we don't talk this out like our relationship can get cold yeah mm. right i don't want that let's talk it out right exactly. and, and so as, as scary as that can be sometimes like that that's an ingredient that i hear again and again mm-hmm. you know in terms of people building relationships so mm-hmm. um uh, from your perspective like what were some other things yeah, yeah. i mean well similar to similarly for me it was the um that bus ride was it like set the tone for like i think the two years that we were living with each other mm-hmm. and then i i feel like Beatrice should have more cred cred on that like she was the one that initiated she just has a lot more compassionate heart than i do like her strengths are my weaknesses and i think uh, she really showed that during that time when like she says i'm gonna go to target do you want to come with me and i was like sure and then she was the one that started sharing about her background and she was the one that was opening up first. So she was, I think, the first of many things in our friendship. And then I was just like blown away because um, in high school, I try to be as distant as possible with people. But then she was the opposite. She's like, I just want to get close to you. She didn't know how I was going to respond. Nope. And she <laughs> and so she was taking, in a sense, a lot of risks that way, especially since she thought I was intimidating. <laughs> like that would have been an awkward <laughs> target trip well <laughs> pouring my life out yeah Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then i um well, i think that, this relationship's over you know <laughs> and it just started it's great yeah, yeah. so yeah i think the fact that she was just so open and regardless of like our backgrounds like because we during that conversation we realized oh not only our cultural backgrounds are different our economic backgrounds are different mm-hmm. how we view the world is very different and then i was like the only thing that's really holding us together is christ yeah and being because like our duty as sisters in Christ, we're going to sacrifice and love each other regardless of all of these things. Mm -hmm. So I remember in that conversation mentally, I was like, okay, like I have to shelve all of those other things um, on the side for now. And I'm just going to love her because she's my sister, because she wanted to live with me and because we want to grow together. And so that just, I think um, just really helped. And it made me just realize there's some, what's it called? Trying to figure out how to phrase it. Like, yeah, I think uh, Beatrice taught me how to be open. And I think similar to what Beatrice was saying, there's a lot of times where I just confess different sins to her. Like not, not it could be a mixture of me, like um, sins that I've committed to her and then needing to reconcile. But then it's also ways that I've hurt other people and I just need another person's like thoughts. Like mm-hmm. I'm broken in this way, what should I do? And then she was always there to, li- uh, similar, like similarly, like always there to listen, always there to bring in God's word. Cause she grew up with, um, um her mom's a pastor so she just knew she knew a lot of bible verses she knew exactly where to like um to bring them up and then i was just really thankful for that um of course i talked to my mentors too but it's also nice to um talk to a peer someone that i'm living with that really just sees me day in and day out and i think similar to what beatrice said because we were um in uh, many different actions we said we did we loved each other and it was clear not because that we are similar but because we're so different that's Mm -hmm. why i need to go that extra mile and that just touched me in different ways Yeah. yeah Wow. Yeah. So, um, l- let me ask this question: um, how how much of your guys's friendship? Because you know, clearly you have a lot of um, uh, affection and you know history together and uh, for each other and uh, respect for each other. And um, how how much of that do you think was built through y- your chemistry 
and how much of that was built through effort? <laughs> like if you had to percentage those out. Uh, chem- chemistry just means do just I kind like, of like, just, like just naturally, kind of naturally like getting along, get along. versus <laughs> like you needed to really put an effort just out of sheer commitment to each other uh-huh. and so to get to the place where you are today i know it's kind of a hard no i got 10 percent, 90 percent. that was that yeah, yeah that's exactly what 10 percent 10 percent chemistry 90 90 percent yeah wow. we're completely different yeah 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 <laughs> and i think that 10 percent is we both go to uc berkeley <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're mixed and, race. And, and, yeah, we're and the then you age. said you're Christian. We're Christian. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. Yeah. No, that, I, I think that's my, that's, that's been my experience too in, mm. in Christian relationships. I think w- one of the unique things about Christian friendships is that, um, you know, you know, brothers and sisters in the church, you don't get to choose them. Mm. Right. Like in all other areas of life, you choose your friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Not in the church. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you're part of a church, like, you know, you get saved and you know, you're part of a church and there's other people who are saved around you and, like God says, love those people, you know, <laughs> right? Like the disciples didn't choose each other, you know, like nope. Jesus, they, they said they came around Jesus and, and, and Jesus said, Hey, as you love each other, you know, people are going to know that you're my disciples. Right. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And so then that's why I think for me, I, I see that as a really beautiful thing when, when the 90% effort gets put in and, and then, uh, you know, obviously on top of that is the gospel, right. And the, the ability to forgive each other again and again, and to, uh, to point one another to Jesus. And as we all, kind of move toward Jesus together, mm-hmm. we find ourselves getting closer together. So mm-hmm. yeah, Amen. I really see that in your guys' life. So um, as you think about your college um, college friendships, um, so maybe not necessarily just with each other, but what what's like, um, just, can you just tell us like a sweet memory that you have, like some, a memory that you cherish with your college friends um, and, and why you cherish that? I think one for me was like when we would have open homes at our house, because like that's what the mentors did for us, um, having us over, feeding us and <laughs> helping us just like become human. Um, so like when we became juniors or seniors, I think it was seniors, like we had the younger sisters over, which just graduated, which is crazy, mm-hmm. um, had them over a lot at our house and just like the scene of them like crashing on our couch or like I'm just feeling free to come over whenever and eat our food and um that picture of like doing like ministry together, even though we were stressed out Berkeley students trying to like graduate um, with really hard majors, like still that, that picture of getting to sacrifice for the younger ones so that they can feel the same love of God that we felt from our like older sisters at church and our mentors, like that picture really struck with me. And like, I, I still look back at that time. I'm like, wow, I had a lot of zeal back then. Like I want to have that kind of zeal now, you know, I have more money, more resources than I did as a broke college student. So like, what are ways I can learn to, to still love what that kind of zeal. And I think, yeah, doing ministry together, like really brought us close together as like a peer class, but also like I got to catch a vision of this is why my mentors do what they do, getting to see lives transformed and just getting loving people in Jesus' name. And that was a sweet memory I still kind of go back to. Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think um, vision trip comes to mind, the Michigan vision trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um, (laughs) I was in, uh, I don't know if DP remembers, but I was in your car and then we named our car Shadow Facts. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I think it, it was, was it like a black SUV or something? Something or like that. Yeah. It was like a bl- oh, it was like a blue SUV, but I just wanted a cool name. So mm-hmm. Shadow Facts. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the the horse from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who is the shadow? What is the facts? And then I was like, oh, oh, right. Uh, previous generation, my bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. But yeah, I remember Vision Trip was a really sweet time because um, 
oh i think i told dp this but i don't don't know if this is a um thing that i normally tell or other people know i made a commit it made an internal i i like goals <laughs> so my goal was even though it became uh christian i believe in jesus i don't believe in christians mm. um so my one of my goal or one of my commitments was i still don't want to be close to people so i never wanted to go on an overnight trip unless i necess- unless i had to so i think until freshman year sophomore year junior year i was pretty successful like with that goal of not having overnight trips yeah i remember Jeanette would never come <laughs> to never any come other, <laughs> yeah any other trips i was like so odd like yeah like, okay <laughs> it, it was a i when kind of like nicholas when my mind set on something mm-hmm. it takes a lot to change it so i don't get fomo mm-hmm. i don't do those other things so it's so for that one, that vision trip, I really had to decide what was more important was me being comfortable and me following my specific rules because I didn't want to get close to people. Or is it um, trying to reach the lost and even just not even it's not like we were like going to church a plant right at Michigan. It was just probing and just seeing that um, and catching vision for it. And yeah. so um, I was more nervous about being with the same five people for oh, sorry the same like 20 people for five days than I was actually going to Michigan but then I found it one of the sweetest memories that I had in college because day in day out it was with the same 20 people where you know like we're um, packing things in talking having spiritual conversations trying to talk to different people and we were all in the same mission together mm-hmm. and then it was a really fun sweet memories also at night like after an exhausting day of both eating ice cream and as well as <laughs> every day ice cream every day DP yes yes I um, yes, the <laughs> Infamous ice cream everyday trip. Yeah. Yes, that is that trip. But it was it was good. We needed the calories because we were walking yeah, around we a, lot. a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like just meeting other um, meeting other students, getting actually to meet one of our peers, like childhood friends. That was mm-hmm. kind of wild. I think we saw we met two of them plus his dad. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But I think being on mission together and just having like I, that was the one of the times when I realized, oh wow, we're a family. Like this is people that I can see living doing everyday life with trying to uh, minister or love other people continuously um and then that's when i felt like oh this is this could be the group that i can see myself living a christian life with yeah Mm. yeah so i I think definitely i think for a lot of people those overnight trips you know kind of where we have extended time together Mm -hmm. and even better if it's on mission together right i think those are really really formative experiences for a lot of us so um I mean, you brought up, um, yeah, you know, because obviously we were your leaders, you know, me and Kata were your, you guys' leaders for, uh, I, I guess, for, yeah, for, for all four years, all four right? Years, and then yeah. for, Jeanette for three, three years, yeah. I guess, yeah. So um, <laughs> any um, first impressions or kind of me- memories? Uh, th- this is always like nerve wracking for me <laughs> to just give you the mic and um, just tell whatever story you want. Oh, but, yeah. oh man. Yeah. About hmm. Kata, not about me. Um, mm-hmm. So, because mm-hmm. Nicholas, no, wait, Nicholas no. already told the, oh, you can tell a story about me too, but Nicholas already told the um, the chair one. Yeah, so. that's true. The yeah, chair yeah. one was quite impressive, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, uh, what was it? I think w- one fu- one memory that I have of, of, of like both of you guys is like when Kata married you, like <laughs> she went from being someone who would like take us out to eat and like give me stuff to like we would go hikes <laughs> because you wanted to go hiking. And I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. who is this man? <laughs> Like, Why are we hiking? Why are we hiking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember taking your class on hikes, and man, there was a lot of resistance from cer- yeah. certain people. <laughs> certain people were like, "This is so long. It's so hot." <laughs> they were okay. Looking back on it, they were really fun, and we saw very beautiful things, and we did crazy like you know Yosemite when you try to you know help us get over the snow, and it was slippery. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that- 
that was that Man. was probably dangerous. <laughs> I, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't know. I wasn't yeah, there. You weren't I, there I, I don't think he would have wanted to overnight <laughs> overnight trips. Right? Yeah. 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 No. But that that was that was that was a cool memory. Yeah, yeah. Like getting to like it felt like a family. Like getting just to you know shuttle around like twenty screaming kids. <laughs> Us. Before we had real kids. Before we had real kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus yeah, the little yeah. one when she was born. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I as you can probably tell from this uh podcast already, I'm a little bit of a scary analyzing kind of person. So um <laughs> old habits die hard. Um even sanctification is a process. Um so my so my freshman year became Christian, but I, I so I believed, yeah, I believed in Jesus, I believed in God and I believed in the Bible, but I didn't um, I grew up really mistrusting Christians and are they going to um, guide me biblically or are they going to put their own spin on the interpretation? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, because I uh, had a DP, so I didn't know either uh, either of you guys. And so when you guys came in, I was in analyzation mode for a year. I was like, let's see <laughs> wow. what happens for a year and let's see if they're actually like consistent or if they like do something weird or do I actually agree with what they say? Because um, I yeah, I don't. Yeah, even though I joined the church, I'm not going to take everything as fact. I want to um, think about it first. And then if it's true, then there's more credibility when people say things. So yeah. um, I was very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I, it was good, a good grade. You passed. Yeah. I passed. <laughs> I think partially is like they're, um, Kat and DP are one of the most honest mentors that are very transparent mentors that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. Uh, even more transparent than I would say even my parents are which was very shocking to me like just how um, you guys just open up about your lives your background even about your family when you were sharing about like the difficulties um, with your um, dad um, coming back into your life or let's say Kata with her family stuff Mm -hmm. and other um, previous sins that she had to go through so even like with her I think for her her sharing about her own sins and own struggles um, really struck me because I was like, she's like 10 years older. So yeah. I was like, that's something like, at least now going into the cultural stuff that I was like, I thought that was forbidden, mm-hmm. like to openly share that you messed up or you um, denied God in certain ways as a Christian. And so when I when I saw, saw that, I was really thankful. And I was like, oh, wait, I want to open up to her. And yeah. so um, in different ways. And so that trust really started forming between... Um, me for um, Cat and DP, and then by the time, like close to the end of sophomore year, I was going through um, as a, an idol with romance. I was um, uh, dating someone, and there was a certain point where I knew God was saying, "Don't date him," um, for different reasons. But I was really re- uh, pushing it aside for like a year. And there was a time because I was so trusting of Cat and DP, I was like, I know they, regardless of like how dutiful I am, regardless of how. Um, I do whatever they want to like kind of thing because that was my expectation of Christians just want you to do things Mm. um, to follow God but at that point I saw over two semesters that they just that you guys just really loved me because of Jesus Mm. and regardless of what I do that's not going to change and so Kata at one point she didn't even like she didn't challenge she just brought it up because I brought up a specific question about dating and then she just probed and that was enough for me to realize, oh, man, she's speaking truth to me. And I was like, can you give me a deadline? I want to think about this. And oh. then she said, she said, I like deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, dogs like that. yeah. so I was like, can you give me a deadline? She was really nice. And she because she didn't say, oh, why do you want a deadline? She's like, how about six months? Just think about it for six months. And I was like, OK. And then two weeks later, I ended up breaking up with the guy and I texted Kat. I was like, I was, yeah. Yeah. I didn't need six months. I didn't yeah, need I didn't six, need six months. months. I knew. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, just um, was really thankful that I had an older mentor that I trusted during that time. Mm. And that, like, because I was, 
after breaking up with the dude, I was um I was a bit of a wreck. But because I had like uh I had Kata, I had you, I had just like this whole support system to just guide me through that process. Um, I knew I was gonna be okay. So and I knew that I was in really good hands. So um, sophomore year, even though I didn't really know you guys for too long, it was just a year. I really leaned on your guys's wisdom and guidance, and that you were spiritually grounded. So yeah, same. same wow, same, same. thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, feel slightly like <laughs> like well, well, thank you for not making fun of us. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, Nicholas already said the chair story. Yeah, that's right. true, yeah. you stole your thunder. I know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I, that's always Jeanette's first story about me. So I knew she would say that, but Nicholas got to it first. Yeah, I mean, I have I have other things. Yeah, yeah. And I think, but I, we're, we're gonna end the podcast right here. <laughs> that's for a later day. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so to end, why um, do you guys have any questions for me? Like, um, you know, we're running a little long on time, but I think we have time for maybe one, maybe two, depending on the question. Mm. So because you guys are so transparent the past years yeah yeah it's really hard <laughs> lives are very open i guess well well one related to this podcast i mean this since we're talking about race and whatnot so as you said like um grace point has been a korean church majority so mm-hmm. when you were in college it was mostly korean and chinese people yeah mm-hmm. so it was pretty pretty chilling and then slowly transitioned to asian slowly transitioned to other things and i think um since we were with you like it was slowly becoming more diverse mm-hmm. but especially even more so in new chicago mm-hmm. so how i guess for you culturally as a I, mm, you are Korean, but I at least in college you lean toward more of the American route, and the same thing with Kata. So like, how was like I don't know maybe balancing that because this is a, like um a lot of our students are either African American or from Africa, so right, that's a very right. and mm-hmm. I think only like two people like Chathew and Lauren are mm-hmm. Korean, so mm-hmm. that's like the opposite of what you grew up with in college. Mm-hmm. So maybe how is that? Yeah, that's um yeah it's 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 something that. I don't know if I've thought about it a lot, um, but but I'll start with this. Like, um, I actually think that if if our church wasn't an Asian church when I was in college, I don't think I would have come to our church, and uh, so because that's where I was at. So mm-hmm. um, I, I in the church scene. So you know, I had I had again like a pretty diverse group of friends in in school, but in church, like I grew up going to Korean church, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I knew. Like it was a Korean speaking Korean church and I was part of the English speaking youth group. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think when I was looking for a church, I was looking for something similar to that experience. Mm. And so I think part of the reason I, I stayed, came to our church and I, you know, so, I mean, for, for me, I stayed because of Pastor Ed's messages. So mm-hmm. that, that was the big thing. Mm. But then I think my small group, I felt very, I, I guess you could say it was an easy transition because my small group happened or my class happened to be like, almost oh, mostly Korean. Oh. It was kind of an anomaly actually. Cause oh, okay. you know, I think at that time, it was a lot of Chinese, um, you know, at Grace Point Berkeley. But um, yeah, so anyways, I, I think that helped me with my transition. So, mm. but I think, yeah, I've never really like really embraced Koreanness as like a, a strong identity of mine. Um, I think, and I, I've had to work through it because I think there were aspects of Korean culture that I didn't really like. Mm. And so, you know, that's probably a story for another time. But um, I, I think, uh, but I, I've come to peace with it since then. You know, I, I appreciate, you know, different aspects of my, my culture, my upbringing. And, um, but, I, yeah, I think over the years I've developed a strong conviction conviction that like the church um, should not be bound by race and ethnicity and mm. the whole Jew and Gentile thing, right? Mm-hmm. It comes from that. And um, yeah, so for me, I'm, I'm personally super thankful that um, we get, we have like 
um, you know, African American, um, African brothers and sisters uh, in the Chicago church. And I think that's something I've been trying to be mindful of. Um, I remember having a conversation with the staff last year saying like, hey, like we're so used to serving Asian food at our church because like we all came from Berkeley and like a lot of people are Asian <laughs> and like we just take that for granted. Mm. But like, I don't know if we should do that anymore for our large group, like for Sunday services, for Bible studies. Let's not serve Asian food because most of the students who are coming are not Asian. Mm. And actually, like I could see that even being an unwelcoming thing, like mm. not that it has to be per se, but like, I don't know, like, if you come in and you smell like food that you've never <laughs> smelled before, that's not, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like not welcome, it's right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So and that might put up an unnecessary barrier mm. or it might send a message that I'm not intending to communicate. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so then we made that decision to say, Hey, okay, like let's, let's, let's just stick with American food. Right. Mm-hmm. Like let's stick with American food. And, and then, um, so, but then if people come to our place, I mean, we still have Korean food all the time at our mm-hmm. place, right? Because, I mean, they're coming into our household. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's different. And we, you know, we, we, and when we invite them and, in, hey, like, hey, we'll make you some Korean food. And, you know, we try down to make something like too smelly, <laughs> like something a little bit more palatable for uh, most people, right? And, and have a non-spicy option since so many things are spicy. So, um, but yeah, for me, like I've kind of mentioned before, I, I really appreciate kind of getting to know, um, and people from different cultures and kind of how, how that's a- a- affected their upbringing and who they are. And I think I have much more learning to do. I think mm-hmm. we're kind of figuring out how, how to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously like the older ones at our church, you know, like we're all Asian. Cause like we came from that period where things were pretty Asian. Mm-hmm. But I think church wide, when you look at kind of grace point network wide, it's I mean, diverse. that's definitely yeah. been shifting. Oh yeah. And so we're not the only church that, you know, has, maybe like a majority actually mm-hmm. um, black or kind of minority, like mm-hmm. including like Hispanic. And mm-hmm. I, I see that when I visit churches now, like that's the case in a lot of the churches actually mm-hmm. that are outside of California. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. so. East coast. I remember yeah, East coast. Mm-hmm. There, there's um, an all like church retreat. And I was like, Whoa, wow. We diversified. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, frankly, I find it really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, there's going to be things we have to learn and things we have to get better at. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the way we're going to do that is by speaking truth to each other and kind of learning from each other and, and we'll kind of figure out how to best love each other, you know, mm-hmm. through that. So, all right. Well, I think that's it. I think that's <laughs> it for today. So it's, uh, it's a long episode, but I think it was a really, really interesting discussion. So thank you guys for coming no on today. Yeah, thank you, DP. All right. Well, um, as, as usual, if you have any questions, any suggestions for the future, you can uh, leave it on the bit.ly link. We'll leave it in the show notes. And I uh, hope you enjoyed our discussion with Bia and Jeanette today. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.